very good afternoon to you on Fellowship Day 340. If you hear any rustling in the background, perhaps some subtle scrapes, that'll be me sitting in my my raincoat, my anorak, just about to walk out the door and I thought, actually I've been meaning to come back to sit down and record for you and I've been putting it off the past several weeks because we are right in the deep dark depths of exam and master's project review season. I've been busy both reflecting on scores, grades for project students who were in our team and by a similar chord reviewing theses for students in other teams. So it's been a concerted effort uh, all converging on helping the the latest graduands turn to graduates later this year. But the master's stuff aside, that's not really why I was coming to chat with you today. This, truth be told, I needed a little bit of a break and this is the first day in a while where I think I've had something of genuine value to add to this ever-growing list of episodes where there's a prompt or a consideration at the end of it. And once again, as always, as a first reminder in a little while, I'm doing this as a university research fellow of sorts. I'm trying to grow a research team. I'm working through what is a successful fellowship bid off the back of many a rejected example before getting here. I'm trying to figure out how to continue to get better at running a team, growing a team, growing as a leader, becoming a better leader at every point I possibly can, and feeding that back to you in a way that I hope will be useful to you if you're somewhere along the same road as I am, or a little bit more extra abstractly, can take uh, some of these points into your own life, whatever sector you happen to be in beyond the bubble of academia. But there we go, little advert aside, let's see if I come back later to do another less than subtle advert about the Q&A episodes that we're going to be running. More and more of, oh man, so much rambling. I always, always, always ramble more when I record these at the end of the day. I'll try to stack those up at some point and see if that's a pattern, but if you're still here, you probably noticed that. It's the deepest, darkest evening rather than the bright, sparkly morning. And I continue to overqualify what I'm saying, but here we go. Let's get past that. Why am I here? Why am I talking to you now? Actually, far more seriously than this rambling introduction would make you think. As a researcher and as a leader in that space, one of the growing points of responsibility I dare say authority that can come to you with time is that those in the journalism space or related spaces may come to you for comment on a societal issue, may come to you for expert comment or balanced comment on something that requires translation between technical scientific jargon and applicable understanding to the broader public. I first got a taste of this when I was on what was then known as the Scottish Crucible Leadership Programme back in 2018. So 
still very early days in academia for me, but it was a great opportunity to meet a, a, a cohort of early career academics at broadly the same sort of stage, not exactly, but all of whom wanted to go on these workshops to learn more about various aspects of leadership. And on this particular program, being at the Scottish Crucible, one of the leadership labs, as it was called, was to visit the Scottish Parliament and to run some sort of role play scenarios in which we would have to play the the expert or the scientist, the learned academic who was sitting on a panel of sorts or as uh, a part of some other meeting where they were the sole expert in the room being examined, cross-examined, interviewed, asked for evidence by a room full of politicians and decision makers. Uh, as I say that out loud, I'm remembering it in full and it remains as intimidating now as it felt back then. But that was my first brush with this idea of not simply being a researcher who tries to produce good work and put it out there into the peer-reviewed publication domain uh, for colleagues to use and review and and to progress, but rather use that as more of a stepping stone, more of a, a platform from which to do more impactful work at the society level. And part of that is this interacting with the political sphere. Now that might extend beyond parliament into perhaps more commonly seen um, TV work where you, you're on TV doing a couple of minutes of a soundbite, if that, to help bring a more expert view to a more complex situation, speaking very broadly. And maybe for another time, there's interesting components to that where media training can be really useful. But that aside for now, one other element of this, and this is the thing that happened to me very recently, was that um, a journalist contacted me out of the blue, albeit someone I'd known from a previous engagement, and they asked me for my view, my comment on what's actually quite a sensitive, debated topic where there's quite a clear, uh, it's quite clearly bipartisan, more simply, trying not to use big words to make me sound clever. There's two sides to it and quite clearly divided on the issue. And I was asked at quite a late hour to come in and comment on this issue. I was approached in the morning. I said, okay, let me have a chance to look at both sides of this and I'll come back to you. When do you need my comment by? That was at 8.30 in the morning. If I could get that comment back to my journalistic colleague, within an hour or so, that would have been ideal, right? Um, that's what I was told. So I thought I might have had a few days for this. In fact, I had an hour at most. Now, the time element of that really just exaggerated the challenge that I found that I think is really at the center of the prompt I want to leave you with today. I, I may have someone may have predicted that I would fall on one side of this situation rather than another. Maybe come to the details in a second. But my first and most immediate thought was not to dive into one side or the other, but try to take stock of the first and second hand reports 
So quotes from people on both sides, broader reports in the media from both sides of this issue, and then try to come to some sort of view of my own on the back of that. It was tough because this is where the prompt lies. When you look at any particular situation in detail, when you look at any particular debate where there's quite clearly perhaps less of a line in the sand and more of a scraping of a sword on the ground of battle between these sides, <sighs> to strike balance in these things is insanely difficult and not... <sighs> uh, I'm rambling again. I'll probably edit this when I get the chance, but let's see where I go. Thanks to an earlier leadership course of another type that I'd been on, I've learned in the past year that when you come to these hotly debated topics, when you're engaging with someone on the other side, it's very valuable for you to realize that they are absolutely right. They are right according to their worldview, how their experience and interactions with the world have helped program the software in their head differently from how your environmental experiences in the world have in turn programmed the software in your head. That's a long way of saying everyone you ever meet is right, but they are right because their experience is entirely individual and separate from yours, despite any overlaps you might see. And I think that is a refreshing way to look at any sort of debate where especially the social media fueled reflex these days might be simply to berate someone who you think is stupidly on the other side of an issue, that you are uh, vehemently and perhaps voraciously, verbosely backing on the other side. See, I'm not just rambling at this related hour, I'm trying to throw in all the big words. Not even sure I'm using them all correctly. Anyway, pressing on, trying to stick to this serious tone. When I looked at this particular issue, I could see valid points on both sides. And so the challenge then was actually to, to construct my comment back to my journalist colleague. And some practical points of approaching that, first of all, I thought I won't just send a couple of notes and a DM or an email. I'll send some written notes along with, you know, a couple of minutes recording, exactly the same way that I'm doing for the podcast now, so that you can firstly get over that fear of being misinterpreted. If it, worst case scenario, came out in the press that the view that you had submitted had been misinterpreted and was a misrepresentation of what you actually intended to say, then you've got the raw recording of it. You can, you've can, you got the, the evidence, if you like, to help correct the record. Um, albeit you probably want to do that in a short order before there's any um, undue damage done. But that is a, that's just the worst case scenario. That's a paranoid scenario. But it's also, having done this with journalists a few times now, it's just, it's a good point of practice to give them uh, more than just a few scrapings to lean on, put more meat on the bones, give them uh, a recording that they can go back to 
if they need to write a short piece, they they can take the most concise points you've made. If they've got a longer piece, they might take several quotes from you um, as part of that writing. So that's what I did in this case. I, I, I submitted an email with my written balanced comments on this issue and I sent a sound recording like this one. And all of that came together, I think, in this particular case to to put across what I think was quite a balanced view. My statement wasn't one way or the other. I ultimately supported one action. But I did so, I, I arrived at that by acknowledging both sides of the argument, acknowledging where my own experience might bias my opinion and acknowledge the the grievances on the other sides to which those who are reading the article might see me land on. So the prompting consideration for yourself is when asked to engage with the media, how can you do so in a way that shows you as being a sound, trustworthy, balanced expert who isn't simply taking an excuse to support one side or, or another? How can you help others be prompted to engage with both sides of an argument that they were and they might be embedded on entirely one side? How can you help others around you see that those they disagree with are in fact correct according to their own worldview and you're correct according to yours? But the point of any argument or debate is to understand where you can break down each other's points of view and together synthesize a new understanding of both sides and perhaps even reach a compromise to take things forward productively. So if you're thinking about engaging with the media, if it's something that's been on your mind, let me know what you think. Reach out on the podcast web pages and we'll bring some more of this together on a Q&A. And perhaps then I'll give more of the detail behind this particular example that I happen to be struggling with. It's the end of a long day. I've rabbled even more so than usual and you've been kind enough to stick with me. Thanks as ever for being here. I hope you're doing great. Be well and I'll see you again soon for another episode of the Read Indeed podcast. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head over to the website where not only will you find the written blog versions of these podcasts, you'll find my leadership blog series, daily thought series and information about my book on managing the imposter phenomenon. We also have even more free resources and webinars linked to the YouTube channel. So head on over to dr-mark-read.com to find out more. That's dr-mark with a c-reid.com to find out more. We'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening.